Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Raven. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hey, hey, hello, and welcome to the D- Wrestle Talk podcast. I am six and seven today. I am Luke Hannon, and I'm joined by Tempest T Wrestler. How are you, sir? I'm quite well. That's the first time I've ever heard a British person say I'm sixes and sevens since watching <laughs> Austin Powers Gold Member. <laughs> I'm all sixes and sevens at the moment. But yeah, like I'm I'm all discombobulated today because I was supposed to I was because I'm doing Quizlemania tonight with yourself. And Wale and Sam Roberts, an all-star lineup, if ever there was one. Uh, it meant I was only supposed to start work at 2 p.m. today because I'm doing like this and fancy booking warfare and some the other. I actually ended up doing a full working day. So I've been kind of like going since 8 a.m., uh, getting all a load of other stuff sorted. So I'm kind of like heading towards a 15 or so hour working day, and I'm already falling apart. And it's only like I'm only like six or seven hours into the day already i don't know how i'm already failing well that means uh pretty good things for for my Quizlemania title <laughs> ring it sounds like oh yeah i i think you might be okay on on that one unless of oh, course it, unless of course it is a fun-based one and not a boring quiz-based one we might be okay but if it's like a fun-based like just playing fun silly games i might be all right uh See, I have no idea what to expect from any of these shows after after the whole incident with uh, with the episode where I lost the title to James. I just I don't even know. I was super confident going into that one, and then we all saw what happened. So I don't know. And we'll what see. did happen, Tempest? What did happen? Uh, Adam royally screwed me. Royally, <laughs> royally screwed me. See, I had as much. With, yeah, without getting into the whole song song and dance of everything, I need people to understand that That's My Line is significantly harder when you have no idea what information you're being given. Mm-hmm. So when they're just like, well, just ask more questions. You didn't ask enough questions. When you think you've got it narrowed down to like four people and you need to get it right quick, 
you don't think you need to narrow that four down to two. But when oh, yeah. you're told something wrong and that four people is actually like 16 people, it's a lot harder. It's also, I find this when you look at comments for Blood on the Clock Tower, and it's like, wow, I can't believe they didn't think of this. I can't believe they didn't see this. It's like, well, it's a bit different from where you're you're seeing all of the information in front of you, whereas the actuality of the situation is you've only got like a handful of information and then you're being told information by other people and you don't know whether you can trust that information or not. Yeah, exactly. And especially when it's a matter of was this person a WWE raw or SmackDown women's champion? And Adam says, yes. I'm like, okay, that's very easy because if they're active and that's the, that's the only you know ramification I can go by. That's a pretty short list, I'd say. And then you say, "Oh, they're not on Raw." Okay, so they're clearly on SmackDown, and you've you've only got like three people to hold that title. So let's go through the list. And then you find out, no, they didn't hold that title. Well, now you're not only thinking, okay, so the information that I was giving was wrong, but what is Adam thinking when he says yes? Because clearly, there's some sort of thought process that screws him up there. So you're trying to figure out what that yes and no actually means. And then you work down four more questions and find out that he thought it was the NXT UK Women's Championship and that qualified. Whatever. I'm clearly over it. Oh, I mean, yeah, quite. I mean, you are, you, you know, you got your title back, so you can't be that upset about it. Um, but yeah, you know, like I, it's going to be a fun show. I'm looking forward to it tonight. Uh, the last time we did an episode with Wale, it was a bit of a train wreck. Um, but it should be fun this time. I've been reliably informed he's been told to bring a pen, which is a step up from last time. Yes. Maybe maybe he will continue to write on a shoebox. Or his phone, but he can't actually then show the phone to the screen. But we'll certainly see. <laughs> um, it's going to be a lot of fun, so do join us for that for Parts Fun Known tonight. Uh, but until then, let's get into this NXT show, because boy howdy, do we have some things to say about this main event. Here is the show. What the hell was that? What the hell happened? How did this happen? Temp- Hello, welcome to the NXT podcast. I'm Luke and I'm joined by Tempest. Ilya Dragunov lost. Ilya sure made his NXT debut last night and he lost. He's got he's got a title match in two weeks. There's been the whole show talking about how great that title match is going to be and how everyone's really looking forward to that title match. It's the most anticipated title rematch. Drew McIntyre loved it. Sheamus loved it. Cesaro loved it. HBK loved it. It's going to be the biggest match. If you've not seen this Ilya Dragunov fella before, boy, howdy, are you in for a surprise? Yeah, the surprise is he bloody lost to Pete Dunne, essentially clean as a sheet because the dickhead like distracted himself because Walter came out on the stage. He's smegging lost tempest he's got a title match in two weeks the- oh man it's so hard for me not to swear here i'm trying to wait at least 10 minutes before i drop an f-bomb because what what the frig was this this was fucking stupid tempest he lost this is supposed to be the good show this isn't I know. this isn't smackdown this is supposed to be the good one and he you lost that week Oh, he doesn't just have a title match, Luke. He has a title match 
with Walter. Yeah. The unbeatable, undefeated Walter. And you're going to have him lose. Lose to Pete Dunne, who's doing nothing. <laughs> and then, to, all right, let's 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 try and recap this. So, Ilya Dragunov makes his NXT debut on this show. And I would say comes out to a fairly muted reaction from the crowd, but I don't think that was unique to Ilya. This crowd was very, very weird all night, understandably so with all of the reports and the releases and everything going on at the moment. So he came out to a bit of a muted response. So that's part one of this. The other part of this is because I would wager, conservatively, 30% of the people that were in that audience knew who Ilya Dragunov watched, uh, was and has watched that NXT UK match, the one he had with Walter. And even then, I would argue that's the only Ilya Dragunov match that they have seen. Not to mention the 500, 600,000 people that are watching this show 15% of them, maybe, maybe 20% have seen that Ilya Dragunov Walter match. So Dragunov comes out. This is his big debut on the NXT brand because he's got a title match in two weeks against Walter. And not Michael Cole, whoever that lad, Vic Joseph, is that his name? He yep. was there going like, man, what a match he had with Walter. It was one of the greatest matches. Drew McIntyre, diddly-dee, they all absolutely boo-dee-dee-doo, and it's going to be an amazing match. Make sure you watch NXT TakeOver, diddly-dee-dee, because it's going to be a great match. Pete Dunne comes out, and Pete Dunne's like, all right there, mate. I think you'll actually find that you're already there because I'll put you there. And he cuts his little promo, and, Drag and Dragunov's promo, by the way, was absolutely but a terrible promo full of terrible scripting delivered fairly badly. Pete Dunne comes out and it cuts his promo. A match is made for later on. And what happens in that match, Tempest? What happened in that match? I believe Ilya Dragunov lost. He lost, Tempest. He lost because he's a dickhead. Because Walter came out on the stage being all impressive. And Dragunov looks at him and be like, cool. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? And they just and then Pete Dunn hits his move and Pete Dunn wins. Pete Dunn pins him two weeks before their title match. And then, and then Walter gets in the ring to attack Dragonov. What does Dragonov do, Tempest? He beats up Walter. Beats up Walter. So no one gets over. So the guy who lost stood tall at the end. How? How does anyone book this? This you is know, like, right now, I'm looking at NXT as, like, that kid in class that has a troubled home life right now. You know, they're going through it at home, so you, you want to go easy on them, but they keep acting out. Like, I don't want to put the blame too much on the, on the people in charge because they're going through it right now. They're having a really tough time right now. But for God, what was this? Like they have the 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 morsel of an idea to put Anelia Dragunov match on NXT TV before the Walter match, so that you can get introduced to Ilya Dragunov. That is a fantastic idea. That is great idea. A perfect idea. But I don't understand how you can have that good idea, and then go, oh, these people need to be introduced to him. Let's have them friggin' lose. This was like the worst possible decision you could make like you know the old animaniac sketch of like good idea bad idea 
Like mm. that is literally what this was. And <laughs> sorry, this comment really made me laugh. I was like, no, guys, you see, he got his heat back. Because <laughs> that's what they think. That's what they yeah. think. Well, like, Dragonov got his heat back because people, someone at the start of this, like before we went live, was like defending this, being like, well, Pete Dunn is probably going to challenge Joe for the title afterwards. You've got to make Pete Dunn look strong. At Dragonoff's expense, you've got to make Dragonoff look bad before his title match in two weeks. That's your solution to this? Like, this is a terrible idea. This is like the, the no one, no one in their right mind would have put this out on television, sat back, folded their arms, and been like, nailed it. Absolutely yeah. nailed it. That's going to put butts in seats. Oh man, I don't, I genuinely don't get it. Cause I was watching this match unfold and be like, man, it's going to be kind of, kind of rough that Pete Dunn has to lose. You know, they've got this, this faction that they've just debuted with him and Ridge Holland. And that's, that's neat. And I don't really know that I would book Pete Dunn to lose a match, a match, not this match, but a match. And then they had Dragunov lose. And I was like, well, don't do that. <laughs> That's not the answer. The answer is book a different match because right. you can. You yeah. control all of this. I don't understand how you can get backed into a corner on a weekly show when it comes to your booking. On pay-per-view, if you don't want to beat both guys, whatever. That's a bit different. It's a big match on a pay-per-view show. You didn't have to book this match. You didn't have to beat either of these guys. You've got, well, you don't have that many guys left nowadays, but you could find someone else for Dragunov to win. That was, oh, there, was a, there was a Drake Maverick right there that he could have yeah. beaten. Like, if you wanted to give, because, like, everyone else got squash matches on this show. I don't know why Dragunov couldn't have had one oh, of those. They sure, did. <laughs> they sure did. They sure had some squash Whoa. matches on this show. But, like, yeah, it's just, I, 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 I mean, as some people say, like, I can't believe you're surprised. I am surprised. Like, it's because they spend this whole show being like, what a match it's going to be on TakeOver. Guys, you've got to go on the network. You've got to find this match. So, so great. And, I have no idea what they were thinking in all of this. So now a match that I was really excited for, Walter Dragunov too. I was super duper excited about it. Edie Dragunov as well, by the way. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a British man, which means I've gone to British wrestling shows. You know, I've seen a lot of on British wrestling shows, Elias Smegan Dragunov. He's all over British wrestling shows. We bloody love Elia Dragunov. And there's something that Ollie has always said about Dragunov that really resonates with me which is that he has got something that releases this primordial instinct in me when he makes his entrance and he does the whole like and he's flinging his arms and stuff and he's on the mat and he's like punching the floor and stuff i'm like dude yeah he's right what an animalistic man that is like he is an awesome awesome guy and i, I i'm drawn towards him and i loved that and i loved that about Dragonoff, which is why the match with him and walter and nxt uk which you know a handful of people saw and really liked i loved it, it was one of my matches of the year banged it was so so great and when they announced they're going to do the sequel to that match in front of an audience on a takeover card i was like Mwah, brilliant what a great idea that is a genius move it's also quite a i mean what it is as well is a very backhanded way of saying that and no one watches nxt uk so if we're gonna do this rematch let's put on a show that people actually watch so great idea putting it up on takeover how can you make me not want to see that match? <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm the guy queuing up to see this match. Now all of a sudden I'm going like, 
Well, why should I care about this match? The only okay, the only way this works is if Pete Dunn's in the match, right? If Pete Dunn gets added to the match. I mean, yes, sure. In theory, that makes more sense. I don't think they're doing that. I don't think that's the case. But like, he has to be at this point. He just beat the number one contender. So surely he has to be in that match now. And uh, and here's the other thing I would add to that, though. If it is that this was done so that Pete Dunne could be added to the triple threat, guess what? This is a bad way to do it. This is a terrible way to add Dunne into the match. You could have done this a thousand other ways, apart from beating the guy that's meant to be fighting for the title in two weeks. This is the thing that a lot, I've noticed this a lot, because I will tweet after this, I just said last night, like, you pinned Dragunov, and I'm st- I still get messages from WWE fans that have only watched wrestling one way their entire lives, and it's like, well, he was he was distracted. Doesn't doesn't matter. I was like, you don't get it. You do not get it. This you don't have to beat him. Period. Him losing in any form is bad, regardless of how you get there. You could have thrown. You could have nuked the building with him inside. I would not have had him lose. Think about it, though. How many you like you said? There's like thirty percent of this audience that watched that match, maybe less. So, how many people are actually interested in this Walter Dragonov match? The people that were that had seen that are very interested because we know how great that first match was. It was one of my matches of the year. It was probably my WWE match of the year for last year. But how many people have actually seen it? Not that many. So you got to show them why they should be excited. Why would anyone be excited after last night's show? Do you know what the worst thing about this is? The worst thing about this is it's about it's over the NXT UK Championship, a belt that means diddly squat, and I'm mad about it. I don't watch NXT UK. No one watches NXT UK. Why am I so mad about this? Maybe it's just because I I think Dragonoff is a real like special talent, and Walter is a special talent, and those two people are gonna have an excellent match next Sunday. And like, and now it's stupid. It's just yeah. like it's just that I, I I didn't know what to call this title this video so I was just like it's just the dumbest booking just it like was, the dumbest way of doing this it was a bunch of main roster booking on my NXT show and just when I thought that Vince McMahon couldn't sink his little claws into this show enough we get the main roster booking added to it as well Oh man, I didn't. I had to cut this line from my edited review just for the sake of time yesterday. But Karrion Cross lost on Raw. Spoilers for main event, if anyone could possibly care. But Dakota Kai loses on main event this week to Aaliyah. <laughs> Get out of here with that. And then Ilya Dragunov loses on this show. All of the main events of this takeover show have been booked so poorly. And oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to put the blame on on Triple H and everyone for the first two. Obviously, things have not gone his way when it comes to the main roster and everything. But this, this Ilya Dragunov one, that's on you, pal. That's just as big a sin as the other two. He didn't lose in two minutes like Karrion Cross did to Jeff Hardy. My NXT champion, Jeff Hardy, I haven't forgotten. But still, 
Oof. Dude, and the match ruled as well. Match was great. I was really getting into this match because, of course, it's yeah. great. It's Pete Dunne versus um, uh, Ely Dragunov. Of course, it's going to be great. They were having an excellent match, which, by the way, I was starved of on this show because it was like uh, I was 12 squash matches and a really fun match to kick things off. So I was starved. So I was really, really enjoying this. As soon as Walter came out on the stage, I had this like pit, like at this pin in the, like, in the pit of my stomach, I was like, uh oh. Yeah. And then it happened. I was like, no, surely, surely not. It's like seeing a car crash like down the road. You're just like, oh no. It's like watching it in slow motion. Like you could see it yeah. coming. It's like they're doing it, aren't they? They're doing it. Oh, stop. You could still stop it. It's still good. It's still good. Oh, it's ruined. Oh, it, it's bad. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, I have managed to save my swear. Maybe my swear will come out when we get to the MSK promo. Um, oh boy! But uh, <laughs> let's see what you all had to say about this in the ultra chats. That is wrestletalk.com forward slash support. I actually haven't got the graphics up on screen. You can tell that I don't do the show. I have a producer <laughs> when I do my show. So um, is it this one? Yeah. Uh, where is the graphics? Is that one? Oh, that, yep. that was that was SmackDown because it's got the recap time. Because they, they aired was, like 17 recap packages on, on SmackDown oh, last week. 
Beat. Oh, okay, I think it's this one here. Okay, I got it. I've got the graphics up now. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, so support, uh, resttalk.com forward slash support. Get in your old tracks. We'll read out all of them over the $5 amount. Charles Berg said, when any wrestler, whether it be Top Dollar or Brian Cage, say, who better? Am I the only person who slightly mutters? Canyon. I can't be the only person who does this, right? While Ilya is a dope wrestler, he looks constipated when angry. Makes me giggle. Uh, the mayor of Painesville said, hey guys, I've seen the original Walter versus Elia program unfold. Elia and Walter are two of the best wrestlers in the world. So of course, Elia takes the L before his big fight. NXT will soon be gone. It's kind of sad to watch yet another dying WWE brand. Now I was on um, uh, We're Live Pal yesterday, uh, last night with Andrew Zeri and Denise Salcedo and Garrett Gonzalez. Great, great fun show. We had a great time. We were talking about NXT then. It should be known and it should be stated now. NXT is not dying. NXT ain't going anywhere. NXT is still going to be around, getting a fresh coat of paint, but it is still going to be NXT. NXT is still going to be on television. So having said that, yeah, it was noticeable watching this show. It was like, this does not feel like my NXT, right? You've murdered my boy. <laughs> Look what they did. They've massacred my boy. Oh, I was so depressed watching this show. I was so depressed. It, it you wasn't out, man. Yeah. Yeah. When they, they started this show with the, we are NXT. And someone yelled back, we were NXT. Like, oh man. Yeah. We're, it's going to get worse too. But someone mm -hmm. has just pointed out here. It's like, does that mean the Walter is going to lose the belt on Sunday? That kind of makes it worse. Because that means the Absolutely. Walter got beat by the unstoppable Walter got beat by the loser. Yep. Yep. We didn't even talk about how we went and beat up Walter after this. He hit one move and Walter was down selling like, you're Walter! <laughs> oh, my Lord. What? I don't even know. Bad, man. I hate the fact that he stood tall. Like, I hated all of it anyway. And him standing tall at the end, I was like, what was the fucking point of any of this then? Like, there's my square. I had to drop it. It was, it, it was, it was eating at me. What was the point of any of this? Like, what this? What did this achieve? Nothing is what it achieved. Haxar said, uh, "Luke should just sing. How could this happen to me? Conspiracy theory, but he's the new Miz. But it works the opposite. The point to the booking. Wouldn't be surprised if they make it a triple threat and have Elia wins because he pins Pete, protecting Walter. Why are we protecting Walter? Elia Dragunov laid him out after the match." Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what that would accomplish, really. Like the the only thing that they have going for them is that Walter losing the title will be seen as a big deal because he's held it for two and a half years. In that case, you need to beat him. You can't just yeah. take the title off of him through shenanigans. If they do that, I'm, I'm really done with all this. And also, but, the guy who beats him should look real good going into that match. That's what yep. I would argue. Man, the intangible like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31 again. It's like you can see the train wreck coming, and it's like, stop. You don't <laughs> have to do this. <laughs> you pick this. You choose what happens. You are yeah. bad at choose your own adventure books. You only, you only ever write <laughs> things with bad choices at the end of each page. <sighs> 
The intangible and Cliff Beard wasn't able to watch NXT last night, but to pin both Sarai and Dragunov on the same bloody TV show, woof, that is a bad idea. Dragunov more so because uh, than Sarai, because at least it was Dakota Kai beating her, and it helped elevate Kai going into her title match. I Yeah, I will defend Dakota Kai beating Sarai at, at the top of this show, because that made Kai look so good going into her match. Uh, against Raquel Gonzalez next week. But we'll get to that in, in just a little bit. 69's Intangible, Sadie Deegan. Hello, you beautiful boys. That was the most raw ending of NXT I've ever seen. Can I ask, what's heat? Pete has as much heat as a polar bear in the Antarctic. How many corners are there in this booking room? There's at least 30 that they back themselves into. That be Tempest. And lastly for now, your boy Ed Games. This episode felt like AEW dark squash matches and main roster booking. A new NXT was changing, but literally days later, why should I care for NXT TakeOver at all now? I might skip it for the first time ever. I'm really upset. Oof, man. I mean, I'll watch it because it's my job, but yeah. man. Yeah, the card on paper looks real good. Mm-hmm. In practice and execution, I do not care about this show. So, like, at the top of this show, we're getting to the main show now. At the top of this uh, like episode, they had this video package at the start to hype up these four big matches. Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe. Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez. And Ilya Dragunov versus Walter. And I was like, oh, baby. M- big matches. Big time matchups. Yeah, the Karrion Cross thing has been a bit bit bad a bit poo because and it's not through nxt's fault i think nxt is doing their darndest to try and make people excited about that match but raw is watched by way more people and they raw gonna raw so like apart from that i'm like dang like there is no way that you can balls up these other three matches though right well let's get into the show so Okay, I mean, as I said, I actually quite enjoyed this first encounter, this Dakota Kai versus Saray. Like, you know, Saray's going into this undefeated and Dakota Kai is going into a title match in two weeks time. I was like, man, that's not a match I would book because surely you don't want the undefeated person to just lose. But also you don't want to pin the person that's having a title match in two weeks time. Well, you know, look at that main event. But, you know, I think Dakota Kai winning here clean as well really elevated dakota kai that coupled with her promo and then like you know there's all the stuff with the kangas i thought this was actually a very successful opening to the show i would mostly agree my my issues with it don't as much stem from what actually happened on this show as opposed to what they've done with saray in the last few months which has been nothing nothing but Ah, I think I think because Pete and I talked either a week ago or two weeks ago when Frankie Monet got pinned for the first time, where not everyone needs to have like the undefeated streak gimmick, but they shouldn't be just losing for no reason. And we saw that with Frankie Monet's last match. We've now kind of seen it with Saray here, where I don't think this happens if they treat Saray like a bigger deal that they've just never really felt interested in doing for some reason. But in a vacuum on this show, 
I thought that the match was solid. I thought the finish was solid. I thought the promos before and after were solid. Like maybe I'm just dragged down by a particularly poor episode of NXT, but on the whole, I thought this was uh, one of the better things on the show. Yeah. Like I think, you know, I, they could have probably made a bigger deal out of the fact that Dakota Kai pinned her. Like it didn't really feel like, you know, she'd, if, unless you haven't been watching the show or you missed that line of commentary at the start where they were like, oh man, by the way, Saray's undefeated. I don't think it, you'd have known that this was like her first pinfall loss. It didn't really feel like that. But, you know, uh, watching the show, watching the product, hearing that line of commentary, I think it kind of did add something for Dakota Kai and kind of helped build the match for Raquel Gonzalez next week. A match which I, I had down, man, Dakota Kai is definitely winning that match. And then she lost on main events. Spoilers for main events. And like now I'm not so sure. Yeah, well, I don't know who's winning any of these matches with the booking involved. <laughs> I, I was pretty set on Ilya Dragunov beating Walter ahead of all this. And then this happened. And now I'm just like, well, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Dakota Kai is doing really good work right now. So I want to highlight the positives because there weren't a whole lot of things I really liked on this show. But Dakota Kai did very good work. I just I, I like Saray and I wanted to see her do more. Maybe it was because her feud with Tony Storm. Vince McMahon just said, Haha, nope, I'm going to take that one, throw her on SmackDown, have her wrestle a match and then never be seen again. Whatever. Oh, well, maybe, you're, maybe you're missing the maybe you're missing the bigger picture, Tempest. Maybe Saray just mm. wins next week and that will like then yeah. give her a big win. Yeah, yeah, she'll beat Dakota Kai next week, but it'll be yeah. it'll be okay because Raquel will distract her before mm -hmm. before she gets beat. Problem solved. Now you said you didn't like much on this show, but dude, Index had their first date. Yeah. So in Index had a date. Indy Hartwell getting all ready, doing a little makeup and stuff. Had a funny little line with Candice where Candice was like, "Have you got protection?" And she said, "Hey." Like, I don't need protection. I'm a former NXT women's tag team champion. And then they, she went out on an old date with Dexter. This, this was pretty great, right? I know, I know that this is a bit. I didn't hate this. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't think that that anything I liked the protection line. That I thought was was cute. That was a little fun, fun line. Um, but for the most part, I thought that this was largely in a in a inoffensive. But not terribly funny either. Like mm -hmm. the mi the middle one in particular, I was like, "What? What was the punchline of this skit?" You know, they just find <laughs> she finds Candice LeRae. Skip ahead, but they find Candice LeRae sitting at the table. It's like, "All right, that's it. We're done." But I, mean, I will say these segments of going out to a going out on the first date and all the high drinks with the way they should have been doing this from the beginning. They gained yeah. nothing from putting off the first kiss for like four months. These skits are exactly the kind of thing that they should be doing and should have been doing since the beginning. I am. Um, I had one problem with this. Actually, no, I had two problems with it. I'll get to the other problem when I get to it later on. Um, but the the one that I, I I suppose I had the biggest problem with this, and you know, it's uh, surely the Gargano should be a bit more mad about this, right? Gargano won last. Gargano won last week. 
And yet here he is this week, just like sat there with Candice being like, can't believe they're going out on a date. It's like, I mean, you probably can stop it. You won the match. The ruling was that they can't go out now. So why are you sat there with Candice being like, we should probably watch them on their date. No, you should probably have the rules of the match enforced. I, I I love all the people that told me last week how crazy I was, that they were just going to have this, this passionate kiss and then go their separate ways because they lost the match. No, you watch this show? Of course not. Of course not. They're just together like, now. Screw stipulations, whatever. I'm not, I'm not getting into that again. I'm not getting <laughs> into that. That was a rant for last week. As far as this week, thought it was i thought it was it was it was okay it was it was fine didn't knock my socks off but like you i i thought the protection line was very funny right um yeah. it was so funny as well actually that nxt's uh, official twitter account shared that and said um you know literally the line for line do you have protection candace i'm a former tag team champion i don't need protection not sure that's what mrs wrestling meant <laughs> you know explaining the joke sean michaels retweeted that tweet and added i don't think that's what she meant like do you get it yeah, sure. that's, that's what the tweet says like you're just repeating what the tweet says oh my god this show is as subtle as a club <laughs> you know I talk a lot about how good subtle storytelling is, especially when it comes to like uh, the Roman Reigns and Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso whole storyline that they've been doing for so long. There's a lot of subtlety there. There's no subtlety with the way whatsoever. And I don't I don't want to get into this because it's it's not a big uh, it's not a big uh, nitpick that I have, but they're going really hard on them being an actual family. Oh yeah. I find it very hard to believe that Indy Hartwell lives with these two. That like, I liked yeah. it better when the idea was, haha, you get it. They're, a, they're a family. They're supposed to be, they've got a family dynamic, but they're not actually family. No, now it's just like, yeah. Okay. Mom and dad, I'm going off on my date. I'll be home by 11. Yeah, and like Johnny Gargano being like, "What are you, you know, what are your uh, intentions with my indie and all this sort of stuff?" And like, yeah, well, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the other um, comedy segments that they did later on. Um, Hit Row cut a promo in front of a fire pit. I think Hit Row are ace, so so great. Then we had Edie Dragunov come out for his promo, and then we got, uh, <laughs> sorry, I've written in my notes here, Eli Drake and Cameron Grimes cut a promo. But sorry. <laughs> Eli Drake Mark. and uh and oh god, what was his name? Uh Trevor uh Trevor Lee. Like, Trevor Lee. You know, and this is you know, this is my Marky Hart coming out. Later on, when Priscilla Kelly cut a promo, I wrote in my notes, Priscilla Kelly cuts a promo, forgetting that she's now GG Dolan. But anyway, like so LA Knight um has this promo with Cameron Grimes backstage. Uh he is he is one of those guys who he is promo above everything else. His in-ring work is c c plus but his promo game is a star and that is really what carries this guy across right and he then went out and he had a squash match against andre chase um sure to did. lead to a segment with uh ted dibiase this was our first squash match of the night tempest oh man you know i might as well get into it here <laughs> this show four straight matches there were six matches on this show the four that were in the middle went 30 seconds, two minutes, two minutes and 50 seconds, two minutes, 59 seconds. 
is this TNA? Can I yeah, get I, some wrestling yeah. on my wrestling show, please? I would also add to that as well is that while those matches went over two minutes, they were extended squash matches. Like these yeah. were squash matches. Like Boa versus um, uh, Drake Maverick was not a match. It was a squash match. The uh, the Odyssey Jones match, squash match. This match, squash match. Gigi Dolan, squash match. Like these were just squash matches that went nearly three minutes. And I, which is why, like, I was pretty starved for for wrestling when I got to my main event. Um, I just want to highlight uh, Louis Salas here because he's like, I explained the joke. It makes it more funny, right? And what I love about that, I just want to go back to that NXT tweet. Because the NXT tweet explained the joke. And then Shawn Michaels explained the joke again. I really wanted to retweet it with the same punchline. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great idea. But I I don't think it it doesn't work as well as I hoped it would. Anyway, afterwards, Ted DiBiase uh, came out and he convinced LA Knight to put the million dollar title on the line at TakeOver against Cameron Grimes with the stipulation added by LA Knight that if Grimes fails again, Ted DiBiase has to become LA Knight's butler. Now, I've got a pr- I'm pretty confident here. Uh, I think you might have said this in your review. I'm pretty confident that uh, this is where Cameron Grimes wins the million dollar belt. But the idea of Ted DiBiase being a butler for LA Knight does that. There's a lot of potential in that. Uh, it's a lot. It's a fun idea. I'll be honest. I've I've kind of it's been a mixed bag. These Cameron Grimes uh vignettes as him being a butler some of them i thought have been fantastic and exactly what i've wanted others i haven't been as hot on ted dibiase being the butler though mm-hmm. there's a lot to play with there i know like cameron grimes has very good comedic timing with a lot of his stuff i'm not sure that ted dibiase nowadays would be like the most funny or if it would just be like just cognitive dissonance of seeing him as a butler just be like wow this is so weird. I kind of want to see it, but at the same time, I don't want Grimes to lose three times in a row to LA Knight. Uh, Gigi Dolan quickly beat Amari Miller with a very cool abdominal, uh, uh, sorry, abdominal stretch bomb, which was a pretty rad finish. In all fairness, like that was what this was done. It was pretty much designed to just get over a new finish, and I, I thought that worked. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought the finish was great. Can I, can I make a confession here? Mm-hmm. I did not know that Gigi Dolan was Priscilla Kelly until last night. Oh, yeah? I had no idea. I knew that Priscilla Kelly had signed with WWE, but I think prior to that, I'd seen maybe one Priscilla Kelly match ever. Was the and one then, on AEW? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe yeah, a couple. She was in the Jericho oh. Cruz episode. I see. Okay. Um, but there was... There was not a lot of Priscilla Kelly matches loaded into my brain. So my point here, can we stop giving people new ni- new names and never acknowledging them? Bear with me, UK people. But what happens if you're a baseball player and you work your way up through the minor leagues and everyone knows about this prospect and all oh, he's going to be the best player on this team and they get called up and they're forced to change their name? How many people watching that baseball game that might possibly know who the prospect is will have no idea who he is coming up? Talking about me here. I know lots of stuff about indie wrestling. And yet, no idea for like six months who Gigi Dolan was. Well, she's a new character now. Like, you know, all that stuff that she did beforehand doesn't really matter, Tempest. This is a fresh start. 
Uh, I, you know, I, I get why they do it. It's a trademark thing. I, I understand. I, you know, I appreciate what you're saying. They went through a period of time where they stopped doing that and they allowed people to just use their names. But then, yeah, they sort of come up. I miss those days as well because they just sort of come and be like, no, you need a new name now. We're kind of back into that era of NXT. Because, you know, LA Knight's a great name and everything, but I think Eli Drake is a better name. It was because you could do like the Eli Drake. Like, I thought that was, that was pretty rad. I think Priscilla Kelly is a better name than Gigi Dolan. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we then got more index comedy skit with Candace watching them from behind a menu, but um, uh, Indy Hartwell could hear the radio signal between her and Johnny Gargano. Uh, and then we got the Adam Cole, Kyler Riley face to face. This segment did not make me excited for their match. No. Partly because the stipulations announced for the two out of three falls match are pretty standard. But as. Uh, <laughs> boring ass stipulations and the exact same stipulations that we saw in the last three stages of hell match two years ago couldn't change it up you, yeah a little bit just a little you, bit they you, made it less interesting there's no barbed wire on the top of the cage this time as far as i know you could have predicted you could have predicted these like you could have written this out ahead of time these are what the stipulations will be but for me like the biggest thing coming out of the segment is that like Adam Cole is cool. Adam Cole's really awesome. Kyle Ains. No. Kyle O'Reilly should like be, come across like this really cool guy. But he felt... Now, the crowd were like really weird tonight because, you know, all the releases last week, you know, all the reports that NXT is changing. You mentioned earlier the, the chance of we were NXT. I, I think a lot of people are kind of down. It feels like sad about NXT changing. And perhaps I'm reading far too much into this. Kyle did not feel like Kyle O'Reilly this week. He felt like someone who was sad. And I don't know if that's supposed to be his character going into this match, but he was not on his game tonight. Yeah, this is tough because we've, we've been talking on this show in particular about how Kyle O'Reilly's character development, if you want to call it that, in recent weeks isn't doing a whole lot for me personally. Because it all depends on where you're going with it. And if he's just, he just became more heelish in the last like month. And why did they do that? No, oh, I don't know. He's got to get, he's got to have an edge for his next match with Adam Cole. But it's the same thing that happened in the Gargano Ciampa feud, where Gargano was the most white hot, incredible baby face for their first match. And then he became more and more of a dickhead as the feud went on. And by the end, people were less into it than they were at the start, which mm. is the opposite of how a storyline should go. I feel the exact same way here where they peaked. They did the blow off match first. Yeah. And then they're like, let's run it back. And then they did a singles match and the singles match was really good, but I wasn't super invested in it. They were just we're wrestling again. Now here we are, and Adam Cole beat him clean. Clean as a yeah. sheet, and now we're wrestling again. I don't have an, a reason to care about this, and they've made me care about Kyle O'Reilly significantly less since that first match. Oh, man. Cool, Kyle. Them cool doing Kyle. them doing three takeover matches this year is an error. 
I, I yeah. think that it is fair to say. Like, I think this is something you could... I mean, obviously, it's hard to stretch things out in NXT when there are people who are leaving, going to the main roster and this and the other. You know, Adam Cole had his meeting with uh, Vince last week for, you know, either go to Raw or SmackDown. So it would have been hard. You would have been able to predict that you could stretch this out over 18 months, which, you know, is kind of like be sort of an ideal way of doing this, looking at sort of a Kenny Omega Ricardo sort of scenario. However, like doing like three takeover matches in the last four takeovers i think it is and even then they were in the same match because they were part of that fatal five-way thing it really has taken the edge off of this feud because yeah i've seen it like oh yeah. Yeah, actually sorry someone's just credited me there was an american bash not a takeover but even so like i've i've seen it and i've seen them win and i've seen them lose and it doesn't really feel like it is the same level of hotness that it once was. Yeah. I think you've hit the nail right on the head there. It just doesn't feel interesting to me anymore. Like I've seen it already. I haven't been given a new emotional context for this match compared to the first match, because that was the thing with a number of these other great rivalries. You can do other matches within a fairly short time period, but you have to give me a different reason to care for each one. And they haven't done that here. And they've given me less of a reason to care, honestly, because I'm not super into Kyle O'Reilly right now. I thought that I've never been super into the cool Kyle character. And man, on this show, comes out and he's like, oh, well, we're, we could brawl, but I have respect for William Regal. I was like, okay, you butt monkey, like teacher's pet sucking up to William Regal here. Yeah, Meanwhile, yeah. you've got badass Adam Cole not giving a damn about anything and just being actually cool compared to cool Kyle. And I love Kyle O'Reilly. This is the worst part. I want this to be so good. A Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole feud under the WWE umbrella. This is tugging on my ring of honor heartstrings. And they mentioned ring of honor and I kind of backhanded saying 13 years of all this. And I, I, I like that part, but I just, I don't have a reason to care about this. Uh, Champion Thatcher cut a very intense promo on Ridge. Well, I say Champion, it was more on this on Ridge Holland. Uh, they both essentially won matches with him, but it's going to be Thatcher that's going to be uh, the one to take in. He's at school's in session. Very, very cool promo. Much cooler than I, I can read you my notes here verbatim. Imperium promo interrupted by two fucking dorks. Oh, I boy. am not into this team. I, I, was I hate I, I li- Oh, man, they're so annoying. Like I know, and maybe I am an old man yelling at clouds. I really appreciate that I am an old man here. They are dicks, and they're not cool. They're not funny. They're ir- I am the grizzled young veteran in all of this. When <laughs> when Zach Gibson said that the biggest bell ends I've ever seen, I was like, yeah, they are. You're absolutely right, heel Zach Gibson. They're just not cool. Yeah, I thought they were so obnoxious in this <laughs> promo segment. And they were the so obnoxious. Yeah. Man, I wanted so badly for the MSK Grizzle Jung Veterans feud to be like the new DIY revival of NXT tag teams. And we've just never got there. Maybe there's still time, but they've done such a poor job of showing off MSK's top tag champions. I don't even care anymore. They've so taken I, everything from me, Luke. I don't care about this show. I loved NXT. 
I'm, I'm feeling slightly uh, slightly better about myself here because Xander says I'm 21 and I find them annoying. Uh, I'm 22 and I find them annoying. So that's that's very nice because I, I mean I mean I used to get a bit of heat because I used to dog on them a lot in Impact as well. Like when they come out, they do little the, the rascals. the rascals thing with their like hand under their chin. I'd be like, oh, you get out, you children, idiots. Um, I'm 19 and I hate them. Lovely stuff. Okay, do you know what was awesome? Do you know who's awesome? Odyssey Jones is awesome, and he beat the piss out of Trey Baxter, and it was wicked. He advances through to the finals. This guy is he's awesome. This is a star. Star in the making, easily. I mean, oh, this is a semifinal match. It went less than three minutes, so take that for what you will. But Odyssey Jones just has so much charisma. Yeah, yeah. I, I he could win this tournament, and they'd just be like, "Haha, ours." Put him on the main yeah. roster. Yeah, yeah. Forget it. Forget about actual developmental and 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 whatnot. But he just has it. He is a likable personality. I think that he just has a world of potential. There's so mm-hmm. much that you could do with someone like Odyssey Jones. He's likable. He's big. He can move. It's everything that Vince McMahon would want. Oh man. Well, apart from the moving thing, because he would just make him work like a big guy, which yeah. would just, you know, like corner chokes and things like that. And, you know, some tree slams and whatnot. You're depressing me, Luke. Don't do that. <laughs> this was one of, the promo he cut after the match where he didn't really answer like the question that was asked to him or anything. He just kind of said like, I made it. Mama, I showed you I'm on this stage. I'm going all the way. A pretty generic babyface promo, all things considered, but he had so much energy and so much passion that he was really likable. And that's that's all you can hope for. Like it didn't feel scripted. It didn't feel like all oh, here's what you say, read this word for word. It felt like he just went out there and was like, ha, I'm getting my chance. I'm going straight to the top. Let's go. He's yeah, he was absolutely awesome in this. And like this promo that you said there, like you said, it didn't feel like it was just being read off a script or anything like that. It's the complete opposite of what the Elia Dragunov promo was earlier in this night where he comes in and is like, I am the challenger for the belt and I am a hardworking man. Da, 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 da. It was brilliant. I, I think he is absolutely awesome. Um, this is not so awesome. Do I... Do I think this is not awesome or do I think this is awesome? Boa beat Drake Maverick in another squash match. Poor Drake Maverick, by the way. Um, but man, the crowd was so quiet for Boa when he came out, dude. Like, I don't think this gimmick is getting over. It's It's been months. <laughs> it's been like six months. They've been doing, like, when did Boa get abducted by Tian Shah? and Mei Ying, and everything. Like, I don't understand why I should care about this. Like, yeah. He won a squash match. He won a squash match. Good good for him. Xia Li won a couple squash matches, and then she got murdered by Raquel Gonzalez. And Mei Ying got out of her chair at one point and tried to fight Mercedes Martinez, and, and now Mercedes Martinez doesn't work here anymore, and Mei Ying still isn't doing anything. Like. I don't like the spooky stuff in wrestling to begin with. So you're starting off at a deficit for me. But why should I care? Do you know what? Like it is, and this is because people will be, oh, call me a hypocrite. And you can call me a hypocrite all you want because I call out the spooky nonsense uh, on Raw a lot. 
maybe it's just because they look like baddies from Big Trouble in Little China. But I kind of <laughs> dig it though. Yeah. I like yeah, like uh Tristan Andrews uh says here, what's even the goal? It's dragged on so long and nothing's come out of it. At some point, you need to show me what your motivations are, what your goals are, what your background is, anything like that. Show me anything. They just got abducted. They got turned into spooky ghost people where they do martial arts during their entrance and then they go out and they win quick matches and sometimes she blows smoke in people's faces. That's all I've gotten out of it. I need more. That's good for week one, but we're on like month six at this point. Well, just let it play out, Tempest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, there was that. And then we got the final segment of the uh, index date thing. This is the other one that I, and this is like a very much a, a, a Pete Quinnell nitpick. But the final shot of this is that um it, so like the, the the gag in the end was that um uh, dexter loomis gets cake in the face right because johnny gargano pretends to be a waiter they struggle over the cake dexter gets cake in the face and then gargano runs away and indy sits down and she says i've always got room for dessert and she licks a bit of cake off his face and then she goes in for a smooch and what she does is she puts her hand over the camera lens so that they can't see so the camera crew were there shooting yep. from various different angles. Yep. I hate it. Yeah. This is this is the WWE production that every time they do this, I hate it. And I don't want to bring it up every time because it really sounds like nitpicking. And it is. But it immediately pulls me out of my suspension of disbelief. Just yeah. make movies then. Just go be a stupid movie studio and but make bad movies. Movie, but if you're a movie with cross-cutting and edits, you don't have a camera put their hand over the lens to stop you, true. the viewer, from seeing it. Because that's what you would do if it was just one camera that was there. It's, it's very true. It's very true. I think I said something like this uh, either on SmackDown or NXT last week. Where That's right, it was NXT last week when Mandy Rose was talking backstage and all of a sudden they're just like, camera's watching and they're like hey you cameraman go away like as if anyone ever acknowledges the camera in wwe you could be committing a murder with a camera right there filming it and they're not going to say anything but for once in a blue moon all the cameras vince, there don't look camera vince mcmahon like triple h during like when you know he was uh the the, the thingy back in like the mcmahon helmsley regime like back in the year 2000 they used to give away all of their evil plans in front of the camera like with you know surrounded by carrot sticks and hummus and that and be like oh this is what we're going to do tonight to the radicals but they uh -huh. wouldn't acknowledge the fact that the camera was there anyway like that is purely nitpicking stuff i appreciate that so you can call me out in the comments for that i don't i don't really mind um but you know can I be what positive for a sec can I, be I, 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 I was going to be positive as well, Tempest, oh, but you please, be positive first. first. Oh, okay. I will. I will try. Um, I I was think I was watching this and I was like, okay, there's potential for good storytelling with this program. And that's a rarity when it comes to index, in my opinion. I don't think they're gonna do it necessarily because I would really like to see something where like the way of Johnny Gargano and Candace and Candace LeRae do stuff like this. And they throw the, like, imagine they throw the cake into Dexter's face and he gets up and he leaves. Now Indy's sad and the way ruined this for her. And they then feel bad because that's their daughter and 
kayfabe, whatever. That's their daughter, and they made her feel bad. And then they got to make it up to her, and then you go on to the next week, and they got to make it up to Dexter Loomis and be like, hey, we're sorry we ruined your date. That's like progressive storytelling. That would lead this week into next week. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. It was just kind of like they did it, and Dexter Loomis just sits there like a statue and says nothing. And whatever. I guess it's not that positive, but I was gonna say to that didn't of, sound that positive. <laughs> try to think of, of positive ways to do things, even if they're not. Can I, I'm actually gonna say a complete positive here. It was better than the Eoshirai skit last week. Oh, that doesn't sound positive either, Luke. Yeah, Luke. It, it was be- it was better than that segment last week. So as better as, than it the wasn't, worst segment. It but that's it. And it wasn't another all-time worst segment. So thumbs up. Yeah. Like that's a that's a win. You didn't that do is it a two win. weeks in a row. Yeah. I, I will I will give you that. When it comes to, to index, that is a definite, definite win. That it's not the worst segment of all time, like it was last week. Because oh man, it sure was. And then Karrion Cross cut a promo, and it's very hard to take him seriously. Joe cuts a promo; it's very easy to take him seriously. Uh, they're trying their best, but uh, Raw has tanked this feud somewhat. Fierce. I would be pissed off if I was Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah, I would be pissed off if I was a million people working at the Performance Center these days. But yeah, your your big return match in a year and a half. And they just absolutely skewer your opponent. Oh, yeah. And actually, I forgot that this happened on the show because we've already talked about the main event. Hey, who got a promo video to hype up how good they were? Elias making Dragunov! And then he lost. I I would have thought this was a two out of five show. What do you think? I thought this was a two out of five show. This, This was the worst episode of NXT that I've had to review yet. And again, like I said, kind of at the top of the show where I don't put as much of the blame on the people in charge right now because they're going through a lot. Oh, this was a bad show. This show had four three-minute matches in a row, a bunch of talking with not a lot of good promos, and then an absolutely abysmal main event finish. I wouldn't go as far to say that this was a bad show because I watched Raw. That's yes. a bad show. Yes. That's that's real bad. This was bad in in relative terms to NXT because it wasn't a great show, which NXT you know is often good to great. Um, it was a lot of squash matches, but I very much enjoyed Dakota Kai versus Saray at the start of the show, and I really enjoyed the in ring action between uh, Dragonoff and Pete Dunne, with the exception of that dog turd of a finish. Uh-huh. It was just like I think for a lot of it, it was just kind of boring and directionless as well which is mad when you are like in a week having another takeover yeah so yeah like it was yeah it was it was there if you didn't watch it then you'll probably get more out of next week's show yeah every every review that i give for nxt is more in relation to other nxt reviews uh that i give as opposed to raw if it, if it was compared to raw every show would be at least a three but man Oh, like not to compare everything to AEW, but I will. You know how in AEW there's usually like a a few weeks there after a pay-per-view where things kind of feel a little bit directionless before they start ramping up for the next pay-per-view. Maybe they do a a special or something in the middle there. Mm -hmm. This episode of NXT felt like one of those episodes of AEW, but worse 
where AEW will just kind of have a bunch of matches and there's not a whole lot of reason to care about them, but they're still good. This was like that, where you don't have a reason to care about the matches in the middle here, but they were squashes and they were three minutes and they weren't that interesting. It just, this was not a show to put on a week before your takeover. The last like four episodes before a takeover should be like the sprint to the finish big shows every week, get your stars on every show and they need to promote the hell out of this big show. I, I am significantly less interested in takeover after this show. That is what I would say. Like, I mean, NXT used to do this a lot back in the old uh, network days after a takeover, the next couple of weeks would usually feel like, because they were, you know, taped, usually before the takeover so they Uh would just sort of be like you know really skippable episodes you kind of like certainly the week after sometimes two weeks depending on how much they taped it just be like yeah it's just you know it is what it is we're just here uh you know it's it's fine but there would be like matches on there and like stuff to watch the key to that though is it's like week after a takeover not the week before a takeover (laughs) so like yeah it was it's, it's sort of in the wrong place there Uh, let's get into the rest of your ultra chats. Ding, ding, ding. Last call for those. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Twisted Vincent says, Ever since NXT drew me back into wrestling in late 2015, I've waited for the inevitable day Vince would stick his effing nose in and ruin everything. Here we are. I had a knot in my stomach for most of the show, and that finish was horrible. I'm going to echo what Tempest said. I don't think this was a Vince thing. This was not a Vince call. Because Vince ain't, I don't think Vince is there currently. I don't know if this is just part of the changes. Because I don't think it was part of the changes. Let's put it that way. I don't. I don't think this was like a Vince call. No, I don't think the the main event finish was a Vince call. But man, they did not have a whole lot of stars to put on this show this week. Stephen Guzman said. Uh, Stephen Guzman said, "Not a single takeover thirty-six match feels like it has any hype behind it now. Walter versus Dragonoff was the only match I had hype for, and now they've really hurt the build. Raquel versus Kai feels sort of generic as a feud. Joe versus Cross couldn't care less, honestly. Hey, you know, there's Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight, um, and and I'm I'm into like following on from Kai's promo last week and uh, the the match he had this week. I'm into her versus uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I feel like I'm when I say that I'm into her." versus mm-hmm. Raquel Gonzalez as opposed to I'm into the match. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. This this takeover card is is very difficult to digest right now after everything that's happened. But I like Dakota Kai and I like the Cameron Grimes LA night match. I think that should be should be fun. Their last two matches have both been very good. Uh Blind Raw said this is my Galaxy Brain 4D chess theory. Hunter concedes NXT to be whatever Vince wants it to be, but Hunter takes his favorites and moves them to NXT UK and just runs NXT UK the way that he ran NXT, like the old days before going to the USA Network. I think that is highly unlikely. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Even not at, No one watched NXT on the WWE Network. Even less people watch NXT UK. I don't think he's putting that much yeah. time into it um new punk rants said it's russo booking 101 the only solution is a tournament which ends in a pole match nxt has sprinkled russo booking for over a year now wwe should just bring him back in they literally rip up his booking methods for and have done so for years wwe is gross i will never never uh commend anyone for the idea of bringing vince russo back to anywhere so 
No, uh, let's not do that. <laughs> we'll I'll never get to the point where that's necessary. Ever. I promise. And also, I know New Punk Rant says this a lot, that it's Russo levels. This ain't Russo levels of bad. It hasn't sunk that low yet. Uh, I'll hot tag over to you to take over the rest of the Ultra Jets. Yeah. And I'll I'll quickly say a lot of the people that compare a bunch of this stuff to WCW in 2000 didn't watch WCW in 2000. That stuff is a different level of bad. But Kevin comes in to say, I miss Full Sail. I miss Morrow. I miss the guy with the Everton jersey. I miss Nigel. I miss the guy from Cleveland who somehow got an NXT championship match against Adam Cole. I miss Laurie reviewing the, the show and saying, what's next for this wrestler? That was a, we had to have that title a lot because there were certain episodes of NXT where nothing happened. So Laurie oh. and I would sit there and be like, I don't know, what do we talk about? And we'd be like, should we just say this? Yeah, that'll do, I guess. <laughs> Mayor of Painesville Dan says, this all seems so pointless. Everything that dares to get momentum gets crushed. And yes, this happened in the past few years, but now it is everything. Unexpected talent gets released, pushes just stop, and idiotic booking decisions make you give up. That covers it, I think. Oh, yeah, oh, pretty much. So depressing. So depressing. The AdNap yeah. 2 says, Luke, isn't it about time to change the this company line to this effing company? Go ahead. Try it. It doesn't have the same cadence, though. Like, this effing company. Like, but this company. I feel like it has more of a, it's more of a flow to it. Yeah. It's a lot sharper. Yeah. Mm. Used Bread says, ew. Used bread says, hey, all <laughs> glad to be able to support the podcast that keeps me updated on the world of wrestling beyond dynamite while I go through my opening tasks at work every day. Question for Tempest. When's the board game club championship coming home to LIW? That is not a call for me to make, unfortunately. If I had an answer, I would give it to you. Uh, You're also going to struggle now because we're not doing yeah. any of the Zoom ones anymore. Like yeah. Because board game club is going in person. I'm super duper excited about it. If if that's eh, never going to happen, if I can somehow convince Adam to hold off on doing a Ticket to Ride episode for like six months for any time that I could possibly be in the UK, that's the, like the one game I desperately want to play on Board Game Club. So maybe, maybe, maybe I can swing a trip and uh, we can get that filmed. But we'll we'll see. Prince of Strong Style says on the Ciampa and Thatcher promo, one, love the hell out of it. Two, Ciampa is still so effing good. Three, it played on Vince's words regarding what NXT should be, even though, even though it may be my anti-Vince biased, felt like NXT giving Vince the finger. I know he ain't watching. That's true. He ain't watching the show. He ain't watching the show. That's for damn sure. And finally, Nate S. says, Tempest, you got to start learning how to review like Luke. He's a se seasoned veteran when it comes to, book to bad booking shows. It's not the worst thing they could have done, possibly. Three out of five show, then. Welcome to NXT Raw. I'm not as broken yet by years of watching <laughs> Raw like I, Luke has been. I am. Um, I feel like I, I I'm actually going to take the blame for this. Like I feel that I brought Raw with me to the NXT review. I don't think oh, this no. isn't Triple H's fault. This isn't WWE's fault. This is this is kind of my fault. I think. No, no, you. I think you you've brought this this podcast up, my friend. <laughs> this would have been significantly more negative without you. And we have one final one popping in here before we go from Liam Craig saying, "Hey, Luke and Tempest, hope you guys are well. Would you guys like to? Who would you guys like to see Walter drop the belt to? Would have been Ilya Dragunov, and I kind of still do in a way, but like, don't beat him a week before the match. If I could, honestly." Based on the match that they had had, 
I think Tyler Bate was the guy. I don't yeah, necessarily think like that. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that he should have done it right then and there because it was still too early in, in Walter's run. But if they had another match now, I'd, I'd probably pull the trigger on that one. But that will do it for games. the games. Board games. Board games. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually just going to quickly before I go out of here, I'm going to answer Mitch Rose's question of how does Blood in the Clock Tower work in person? Because it just gives me an excuse to talk about Blood in the Clock Tower. We are going to do an episode of Blood in the Clock Tower in person, basically as a way, like the way that we're kind of like phrasing this is to um, satisfy those who are curious about it. Because we have been doing it over Zoom, you know, for the past sort of like six, uh, eight months or so. And it is very much like it works really well in Zoom because we've got like the Discord thing and all the private rooms and this and the other. And it makes it for a really fun edit. An in-person game, there's kind of less of those private conversations. And also it would be an absolute bugger for us to film. But we are going to do one as a way to sort of like, I think, satisfy the curiosity of those to see how it would work. I think probably moving forward, though, when we do do them, we'll just do them on Zoom because I I think as a game, I think it works better. It's it's a it's a rare game that I think works better on Zoom than it does actually in person. I've thought a lot about this as as well, and I think you're probably correct. Like it all, it just works better. I think I think you guys have found like the best way of playing that game through this silly little pandemic of ours. Yeah, it is. I, I just think I, I've been watching um, uh, some bonus Clock Tower videos uh, that will be live. Very, I'm not probably sure, I'm probably saying too much here, but I've I've watched some bonus Clock Tower episodes that we're doing. I've been watching them over the last couple of days with my wife, and yeah, like my wife was, you know, we were both just saying to each other, "Man, this works so well over Zoom." I don't think we'll be doing it in person too much. But anyway, but you know, that's not my decision to make. That is one for Adam. Uh, why don't you? Hey, everyone watching this stream. Here's what I'm going to suggest people do. Hey, everyone watching this stream, uh, every single person type in at Adam the Blompier. Please bring <laughs> at Tempest WT onto oh, Board Game Club. Every single person, go and do that right now. Because um, maybe that will convince you. Maybe that will make the, the higher ups will listen. Oh, dear. You're going to start me with like a 20 point deficit on Quizlemania tonight <laughs> with all these. He's going to think it's my idea. <laughs> And I'm going to tell them that it is. Um, and yes, it is Quizzlemania tonight. I am going for Tempest Crown. It's me versus Tempest versus uh, Sam Roberts versus a returning Wale. Coming on to the last time we did an episode of Quizzlemania with Wale, it was... Um, it were it were messy but uh you know maybe the same thing will happen again he we've been he's been told to bring a pen this time so could be <laughs> could be a fun one i'm really looking forward to it what's going on with you tempest it's been, it's been a long time since you and i have done a podcast together you know i was just thinking today Man, I, I'm getting to do Quizzlemania with Luke later today. I haven't had a chance to just talk with Luke, and I don't even know how long. It's crazy. Um, things are things are going pretty well, I would have to say. Things are kind of opening up around here, and fingers crossed, stay that way. Mm -hmm. You know, you never know. There's enough wackos here ruining the fun for everybody, but. I think I think things are trending in the right direction. Weather forbidding, I will be going golfing tomorrow for the first time in like eleven years. Wow! So I'll absolutely, throw out my shoulder and just be a complete wreck the next day. But 
really hoping it doesn't rain because I really want to do that. That's like the most exciting thing going on with me this week, I'd say. Were you a keen golfer 11 years ago? I wouldn't say that. I mean, I had my own clubs. So as a 13 year old, that's probably more than than most have. But Mm -hmm. as as with a number of sports that I was into, I was into them to a certain level. It's like I can do this fairly competently, but then never exceeded any of that going any further. So it's not like I was ever going to go and play pro or anything like I've got a I've got a friend who is an absolute golfing nut and he got like a full ride scholarship to a university in the states so this is like a big scholarship not one of these lousy canadian universities no tuition and whatnot this is like a major scholarship to go and play golf for them and he plays golf like twice a week and keeps a spreadsheet of all of his scores and his averages and everything i was like you're nuts but this will this will be this will be this will be fun it's more just an excuse to get out in the sun and maybe have a oh, couple yeah. beers as if i need an excuse to do that these days i am um, i used to work for a golf company back in the day i swear it was for a golf holiday provider in fact so i used to like run the website for them and that that kind of got me into golf a little bit i used to play every now and again i haven't played for many many years my father-in-law really wants to play golf with me and my sister-in-law's boyfriend and we keep saying that we'll, we're going to do it but i need to go like my parents get my clubs out and things like that and probably go to the driving range um mm-hmm. to, to like have a practice few hits my problem is funny enough, i was talking about this with my wife this morning i have a uh, a horrible horrible affliction which is that if I'm not good at something straight away, then I tend to just give up. Like if I don't just like the reason why I was a drummer for so long is because I just picked it up. Like I could, you sat me behind a drumstick, a, a drum kit, and I could do a four four beat, and I'm like, cool, I can do this. I then didn't have any lessons because when I when people tried to teach me how to do things, I couldn't do it anymore. So I just did it off like my own instinct and intuition, which made me a fairly competent drummer, just not one that could always keep time. I could keep time with like, you know, what I, I thought was the time, which wasn't always the correct time. <laughs> but, um, which, you know, which is why I was never a very good drummer. But like everything else, like skateboarding, I could ollie it, but that was about it. So I kind of gave up on that. Golfing, I I could drive, but I couldn't keep it straight. I pretty much gave up on that. And then the reason we were talking about this is because uh, it was A-level results here in the UK yesterday. Oh, this morning, in fact. And the results were like a lot higher, but then they're talking about how like they're not very reflective of a year because it's all just in through one exam and inside the other, which I happen to agree with, but you should still do your exams, kids. And I, my wife said to me, I was like, well, that's because you didn't try when you were in school. <laughs> and when you got to your exams, you didn't study for them. You played Final Fantasy VII instead, which is true. Uh, but my argument was, it's because I, I wasn't good at studying. I tried and I couldn't do it. So I just gave up. And that is kind of been my attitude to a lot of things. It's a terrible affliction to have, though. Oh, Luke, the more the more I talk to you and the more time that goes by, the more I think that we're just the same person (laughs) born, born 10 years apart on on different continents. I I'm the exact same way. I very often find that if I'm not good at something right away, I kind of lose interest. Like if I oh, just yeah. don't, if I don't see the the results quickly, which is kind of why I stuck with 
the wrestling training for as long as I did. Because, I mean, there were definitely things that I struggled with and that were much more difficult than others. But I was able to go in the first day and, like, do a couple things that people were struggling with and just, like, hit them. Like, mm-hmm. no problem. Like we did, a, we did a few spots in the ropes, the very first class I ever went to. And we did the the one bit where, like, you fall into the ropes, hook your arms over the top rope, flip them over the middle rope, and be, like, stuck in the ropes. Yeah, yeah the Andre spot. The Andre spot. Or the Great Collie spot, for any millennials listening to this. And hey, that... Whoa, 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 whoa. I'll not have that, because I am a millennial, thank you very much, and he is not my reference point. <laughs> any Gen, Gen Z, Z listen. To you Gen Z, that's your reference point. Did you be bringing the Great Collie onto my great generation? <laughs> oh man yeah so like we did we did that that spot and then we did the the mick foley head caught in the rope spot where you flip over the top rope mm-hmm. this is first day of training mind you so there's a big things to do like i mean pretty sure like when ollie had his first yeah. thing it was just like just doing the international and just yeah. like you know doing that over and over again yeah 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 i mean yeah i don't i don't want to say too much about the the place that i was training <laughs> I, I don't i don't necessarily think that that's the best way to to train uh new new folk but regardless like i was able to do both of those things like didn't didn't even need a practice run i was just like okay do it you know i've mm-hmm. seen it often enough i know the mechanics of it i just do it and that allowed me to go back the next day and continue to to learn if the pandemic hadn't completely ruined everyone's lives perhaps uh perhaps it would have really made something out of that but in the same way, I never, never studied. I could probably count on one hand the amount of tests and everything that I studied for. But oh, yeah. at the end of the day, I got my degree. So like, well, yeah, I mean, but I, I've, got I care a, about. Got a pre- I've got to preface this because I've been told off by teachers in the past for, for telling these sorts of stories. You should study, kids. Like, yes. you've got to find the way that works for you, which is what I didn't do um because my grades were not that good um how are you feeling about like because the podcasting that we've been doing together for the last year or so and you've been doing with various other people has been from us within our homes like you know i've moved house and, and all that however as of next week we're back in the office we're back in the in the studio together again ollie and i are doing the raw review on the set next tuesday but you and pete are still going to be doing things remotely do you have like a pang of of jealousy a pang of i don't know i'm just, I'm just sort of worried about where you go as what are you feeling intense intense fomo uh, <laughs> and it's 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 not so much the actual podcasts because i only know the podcast one way and and everything so i'm not i'm not terribly missing out on on coming in and doing like the nxt and smackdown reviews in person but man when everyone starts doing the live reactions and everyone does a live reaction for SummerSlam, and is cm punk showing up on rampage and oh man i want to be in that room <sighs> but no yeah, i gotta doing... be in this country instead of that yeah, we country. are doing live reactions for rampage and our guy was on uh we're live pal yesterday on the uh the wrestling observer figure four network and like we were talking about then that rampage show me and andrew zarian were joking it's like i mean he has to be there right like what if that show ends and there's no <laughs> cm punk <laughs> 
Oh man, how how could they spin it in a way where they do like the Paul Heyman coming out on Raw in Chicago in 2014, where like it's CM Punk. Oh, it's just Paul Heyman. We got you. I don't know. I don't think I, there is a way like that's gonna kill. Like because you're you're back there two weeks later for all out. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you know what I ain't doing? Pissing off people in Chicago. <laughs> that's what I'm not doing. Oh, I. I they gotta do something like start the show and like the lights go out and then like MJF comes out or something like that. Yeah, you know, 100%. like a big yeah. moment like that. But oh, I coming uh, I, if I'm MJF as well, I would come out to that that first song that he had, the Kill Switch Engage one. So I make yeah. people think it's like, oh wow, he's got the old theme instead. <laughs> then you can have him come out to uh, Cult of Personality. Yeah. Oh man, like when the uh the Fightful Select report came out yesterday that CM Punk has been training and looks really good. Oh man. Oh, man. Like that know, right? that was that's really the first one that's hit me cuz obviously we know that Daniel Bryan is going to be as good as he's ever been. Like we have no reason to think otherwise, but CM Punk in the ring it was kind of like a question mark for me where I was like it's been a long time. CM Punk was kind of, kind of a clunky worker to begin with. Like, very good, obviously, but a little bit clunky. But hearing that, just, oh, man, I can't he wait. He's going to be under a microscope as well. Like, anything that he slips up wrong, like, those people who want this to be bad will be thrilled that he yeah. makes his microscope up. But we'll see. Uh, that is all next week uh, on the Rustle podcast all back together in person with the exception of NXT and SmackDown, which is still being done remotely. Thanks, Tempest. Thanks, Canada. Um, but thank you so much for listening. We will see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow, in fact, for the AEW review with Ollie Davis. And then it'll be me, Denise, and Grand Pooh Bear on the Friday Magazine show. Thanks all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.